Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin, where we cover everything Bitcoin, the news, the catastrophic fails by the central bankers, the shitcoiners, Bitcoin culture, the memes, everything. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Guzman Pintos. He is El Presidente of Hashrate at Luxor Tech Team, or the Luxor Mining Pool, like a lot of you people know. Anyways, how are you doing, Guzman? Doing pretty well. Uh, thanks for the invite again. Uh, super happy to be here. We're super to have you back, Mr. Presidente. Anyways, Opti, it's time for number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes, like the Noddle One, the one I'm holding in my hand. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. Remember, guys, if you don't run your own Bitcoin node, you're using someone else's. And if you're a digital nomad, I have good news for you. You could run the Noddle Cloud, which is a which is a node run through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu. At the time of this recording, the Bitcoin price is at twenty-two thousand nine hundred and twenty-five dollars. Sats per dollar, also known as Moscow time, 4,362. Bitcoin held in corporate treasuries, 1,660,000 Bitcoin. Block height, 745,924. The amount of reachable Bitcoin nodes is down, 14,838. Percentage of Bitcoin issued, 90.95%. Blocks to the halving, 94,076. Having estimate that day could not come any sooner. April 18th, 2024, block subsidy value $143,000 and the block subsidy 6.25. For anyone that doesn't know, on April uh, estimated, because that's not a hard date, around, around April 18th, 2024, the block subsidy will be cut in half. So it's another day in the numbers, but today I got something special for us. A little bit of an update on the crypto bill that was introduced by the Bitcoin senator, also known as Senator Cynthia Lummis, and because it was a bipartisan bill, Senator Gillibrand, who is a Democrat. So it's good to see a Republican, Senator Cynthia Lummis, and a Democrat, Senator Gillibrand, work together on this crypto bill. Anyways, hey, every time I, I use the word crypto, I feel like my, my tongue turns on fire. Anyways, let's, let's check out what they have to say. Curious how that's impacted your views of, of your legislation. Do you feel like there are any changes that need to be made? And also, how has that impacted the conversations that you're having with other lawmakers? Do you feel like there's more urgency to do something now? I think, yeah, I think we both do. Go ahead, Kirsten. So uh, most of my colleagues were fairly alarmed with the different market um, impacts over the last uh, couple of months. And they the number one question is, does this regulation either prevent that or improve transparency and accountability? Does it improve safety and soundness? Does it improve uh, consumer protections? And obviously the answer is yes, that's why we wrote the bill. And so there's additional interest now because they've seen that this is something that's important to do, that consumers are not being protected today. Um, there's no oversight and accountability and there are no rules of the road. And so there's more urgency now and also more of a sense that this is something we need to do and it's it's timely. Awesome. So what Senator Gillibrand was referring to um, and the reason that the reporter asked that question is because of the market downturn. Remember, in the traditional markets, right, there's a lot of red tape, right? There's a lot of regulations to protect investors right in the stock market if the stock market has a certain amount of, of volatility there's a switch you know and then the, the trading just stops 
or it slows down, right? And, you know, if you compare that to the crypto markets and the Bitcoin market, there's nothing. It's 24-7 all the time, right? Um, and of course, look at what happened with Three Arrows Capital. Look at what happened with Celsius. Look at what happened with BlockFi, right? So many investors got absolutely destroyed with the Celsius debacle. Um, so that's why that's another if this which I'm not a big fan of this crypto bill, right? I, I love the free market, but if it was introduced, right? I think a lot of more people would be uh, protected. Maybe um, mandatory reserve requirements, perhaps, you know, would have saved investors a little bit of money. So anyways, I thought it was interesting. There's an update. At least there's a silver lining in this, you know, destruction that we've seen the last month. Uh, maybe this will motivate enough senators to pass this thing. And by passing this thing, that would give bigger companies and institutions that are concerned that Bitcoin is a gray area more confidence to perhaps put some of their cash reserves in Bitcoin. Anyways, Guzman, what are your thoughts on this, brother? Uh, I mean, th th there's a lot going on there. Um, fr from the middle too much, uh, I, I haven't been following uh, a lot, but like, but definitely there's been quite a bit of like liquidations in the market, um, like Celsius, Theros Capital, Voyager as well. And, like, I, I think the greatest protection of all is people should hold their, their own Bitcoin. They shouldn't be giving uh, uh, their Bitcoin to like third parties to essentially uh, implement the traditional like TradFi. Uh, fractional banking system uh, in their own corporations, right? So I think that, that's kind of the, the ultimate um, yeah, protection for, for users, in my, in my opinion. Absolutely. That, that is the answer of a Bitcoiner. I don't give a fuck, but if you take self-custody, this won't bother you. Love it. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts, brother? Well, I'm going to echo what Guzman said, but also... I am just skeptical of politicians in general, so I'll I'll hold my opinion till I see what the final bill looks like. But I have been noticing the push not only in America but worldwide for quick regulation and the additional interest of how she's saying and the more urgency memes of that they need to do this now. So hence why I'm just a little skeptical because the more urgent they feel they need to push these bills, the quicker they'll push them through and the less we'll know what's in them. So I'm just skeptical and we'll see what happens because there is a global push for regulating crypto, shit coins, stable coins and Bitcoin. And we don't want Bitcoin lumped up in all this stuff if it gets rushed through. So who knows? I'm skeptical, but hey, I'm with Guzman. I'm a pleb. It doesn't matter. Just stack sats and chill. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you if you just stay humble, stack sats, you only stack Bitcoin. His Opti, what is the second best? There is no second best. Exactly. Anyways, it's time for the daily news brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make some of the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin grenade toy it comes in any custom color your heart desires. What if you're Peter Schiff? And you like gold. That's right. They make it in gold. And you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. This was pretty crazy. Justice Department arrests Coinbase manager for insider trading. So a couple of things here, right? Of course, this was going to happen, right? The, the incentives were too strong. And essentially what happens, and I know a lot of the shitcoin exchanges were doing this before, is the people that work inside the shitcoin exchange know what coins are going to be listed, right? So the incentive to kind of front run that is so big. Now, I always say that 
the shitcoin system is very similar to the fiat system, right? The things that happen in the fiat system are happening in the shitcoin system. But it's funny because there's a double standard in terms of rules. I'll get to that. Let me cover this first and I'll tell you why I believe Bitcoin's different. Anyways, Ashan Wai, a former product manager for the publicly traded cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase, was arrested this morning for an insider trading scheme during his time with Coinbase. Isan worked in conjunction with his brother Nikhil Wahi and Samir Ramini to commit fraud, conspiracy, and wire fraud in connection with a scheme to commit insider trading in cryptocurrency assets by using confidential Coinbase information about what crypto assets were scheduled to be listed on Coinbase's exchanges, according to the release. Today's charges are a further reminder that Web3 is not a law-free zone. Just last month, I announced the first ever insider trading case involving NFTs. Today, I announced that the first ever insider trading case involving cryptocurrency markets. Our message with these charges is clear. Fraud is fraud. Fraud is fraud is fraud, whether it occurs on the blockchain or on Wall Street. Well, what about in Washington, right? What about in Washington? Because, okay, blockchain, Wall Street... Well, let's talk about Washington, shall we? This is Nancy Pelosi, the best trader that has ever graced planet Earth. And this reporter that will soon be found dead by suicide uh, asked her an uh, interesting question. Let's see what Nancy Pelosi has to say. Yes, sir. I think we have to go now. One more, he said. Yes, sir. Over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you what are you saying? Uh, over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you received from you? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> okay. But hey, it's not only the Speaker of the House, it's also the Fed. A reputational, this happened January 10, 2022, a reputational crisis at the Federal Reserve has led to the resignation of two senior officials within the central bank, raising questions about the strength of the Fed's guardrails around personal financial interests. In September 2021, media reports highlighted several large financial transactions carried out by Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan and Boston Fed President Eric Rosengren during 2020. As the heads of two of the Fed Network's 12 reserve banks, both were instrumental in engineering the Fed's response to the financial fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. Rosenberg and Kaplan would promise not to do any more trading during their tenure as senior Fed officials, but later announced early retirements as the public fallout expanded. Remember, rules for thee, but not for me. Anyways, this is what they did. Fed Vice Chairman Robert Kalada would also likely catch scrutiny for rotating millions of dollars out of bonds out of bond fund and into stock funds in February 2020, right before the Fed started slashing interest rates. That is the literal fucking definition of insider trading. So a couple things here, two things that I want you guys to pay attention. When the government does it, it's okay. They could resign. When, so when you citizen does it, you go to jail. That's number one. Number two is... This doesn't happen in Bitcoin. There is no insider in Bitcoin. When Sailor, 
started buying Bitcoin. He had to get in line like everybody else. And the way that he would buy Bitcoin because he was trying to buy such a big amount is he had to slowly go inside. And obviously he didn't time the market very well because then he would have waited to buy all that Bitcoin when Bitcoin was that 20K. He was buying Bitcoin when Bitcoin was at all time high. So it was I, right? So yeah, man. And Bitcoin, everyone's equal. There is no special. In the fiat and shitcoin world, there's insider trading, there's elites. You know, there's the devs, there's the kings, right? And Bitcoin changes that, right? So, but the the the, the thing that really, really pisses me off. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, did you ever inside? No, of course not. Just move the mic. No, no follow-up questions. You're going to suicide yourself. And then, of course, the Fed literally putting money in the stocks that they know were going to benefit from the injection of liquidity due to the pandemic response. Anyways, Guzman, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree with you on um, that there's like no insider trading in Bitcoin, um, but there is in, in shit coins. And, and I think the main reason for that is the consensus algorithm that we have in, in, in Bitcoin compared to some of these shit coins. Uh, like if you look like Ethereum, for example, uh, they are like really pushing to go proof of stake. Proof of stake essentially gives more more power uh, to the sailors of, uh, the, of Ethereum, to the ones that are like holding uh, the most coins, right? And the plebs are the ones that are like holding just a tiny bit of sats. They're essentially losing to them. They are like losing power on the chain. They don't have any rights. They don't have any voting power. Uh, in Bitcoin, that doesn't happen. Sailor or a pleb like myself, we both have the same uh, priority in the network. Uh, he doesn't have like any advantage over me uh, within the like Bitcoin ecosystem, right? So um, just Bitcoin by design, just by the, the nature of its uh, like consensus mechanism, which is like proof of work. Uh, prevents like any sort of like insider or like whale advantage, uh, you can call it. Absolutely. Opti, what are your thoughts, brother? Well, <clears throat> first off, shout out Pelosi, the greatest trader of our generation. Follow her trades, you'll make them gains. Um, any anyways, just onto the Coinbase stuff. It's just shit coiners doing shit coin things. And I had a moment while you were talking about that where I almost had slight PTSD from my noob days in 2017 and all the front running and the ICO shitcoin markets. And it's just a new cycle with scammers doing the same thing. Rules for thee, not for me. Create a shitcoin, pump and dump it, make your gains and make way like a fat rat, guys. This is what shitcoiners do. And now you have proof that they do it. So don't let the shit coiners lie to you. Call out the shit coiners, stack sats, stay humble. Bitcoin is the way. Absolutely. Now, what I wanted to get to today, and I want to take advantage of the fact that Guzman is on here. Guzman is going to give us a little update about what's going on in the mining world. Uh, let's pull out a little bit of the hash rate, right? Um, looks like we made an all-time Of course, guys, I just want to let you that the Bitcoin hash rate, there, there, it's always an estimation. Every site is different. There is no... There is no actual Bitcoin hash rate. Everyone estimates it differently based on block time. Um, so according to coinwars.com, right, um, hash rate really peaked in June 7th, June 9th. Now it's obviously going a little bit on decline. Makes sense. The price of Bitcoin goes down. But I think this Bloomberg article, which we covered when it came out, um, really describes the situation a little bit more. Uh, almost $4 billion in Bitcoin mining loans are coming under stress. Um, it's from June 24th. Uh, the, the prolonged slump in Bitcoin is making it more difficult for some miners to repay the up to $4 billion loans. 
They have backed by their equipment, posing a potential risk to major crypto lenders. A growing number of loans are now underwater, according to analysts, as many of the mining rigs lenders accepted as collateral have now halved in value, along with the price of the world's largest digital token. Few miners have defaulted on their loans so far, but recent sales are showing signs of distress. Core Scientific sold more than 2,000 Bitcoin in May to help cover potential operational losses. Meanwhile, BitFarms offloaded nearly half of its mine tokens earlier this month to pay down part of its $100 million loan with Galaxy Digital Holdings. It has also taken out another machine-backed loan from New York Digital Investment Group, LLC. If the market doesn't improve, analysts warn, it could be an ugly scenario. Selling Bitcoin reserves puts further pressure on prices and the cost of equipment could fall even lower if, lender, if lenders looking to recoup their losses on defaults start liquidating machines they repossess. The value of Bitmain's popular S19 mining rig is down 47% from a high of roughly 10,000 in, in November, according to data from Luxor Technologies Corp. Guzman, that's you. Um, yeah. So yeah, Guzman, now that I kind of give the preface for everybody, what's going on in mining? Um, I know I called you earlier on this month. I called you and I spoke to you and Ethan. I spoke to other people. And yeah, I've been looking for... Uh, any distressed mining operations, if you know, send me a DM. So what's going on in mining? We know that miners have been cut in half in value. We know that the hash rate took a little bit of a tumble. And I told this to Ethan when I was texting him, dude, I can't believe people lent these miners money and took the Bitcoin miners as collateral. Obviously the value of that collateral would go down with the price of Bitcoin. What were they thinking? Yeah. So I guess a few things are going on right now in uh, in the mining space. Um, the first one is uh, the the summer, right? Heat is definitely affecting a lot of operations, especially the ones that are like running like air cooled uh, in like um, in Texas, for example, right? Like heat is taking like a, a huge uh, tax on these like air cooled mining operations, um, uh, alongside like higher like energy prices, right? Like we know right now across the world, there's been like really bad energy policies uh, coming uh, over the last like few, I would say like decades even, and that's resulting in like really, really high energy prices that compared to curtailment, um, it's making the the miners essentially shut down for a few hours a day. That's what was like essentially leading into like like the lower hash rate that you were showing that chart before. Um, and then in regards to like loans being like underwater, essentially what's happening right now is so that like miners are not profitable, but they are having like a crash, like a cash, crunch why is that um the profitability on these miners essentially went down to like 36 months give or take so essentially if you buy a s19 right now uh with like some like decent power rate you're ex expect to get that money back in like three years um however most of these miners their loans were like 12 18 or 24 or like 24 months like loans so when you essentially you need to pay back your miner in 18 12 or like 24 months so um, the miners are still profitable, but the amount of money, the revenue that they're generating is not enough to cover for both um, the principal and interest on, on, on their loans. Mm -hmm. They have to pay like month after month. So that's why they, they're, they're essentially either having to um, uh, go into the treasury, sell their Bitcoin in order to pay uh, the financiers or essentially liquidate their equipment. Uh, so what we are seeing right now, it's like liquidations of miners that are not like, they're having like a cash flow crunch rather than they are not like profitable yet. Gotcha. Okay, but hold on, uh, Guzman. So it's it's not necessarily that, you know, 
that they're in trouble. It's just that they need the the liquidity to pay off loans and power and all that stuff. Correct. Um, so when I talked to you, one of the methods that they were trying to fix that with was by selling a bunch of S9 or sorry S19s. And then that obviously has brought down the price of the miner. But don't you think that this will just lead to a spiral, right? With all this sell pressure. And then on top, one last question, right? Is if we do continue to see downward pressure on the price of Bitcoin and we go below the low of 17.8, I think 17.8K, what happens then? Very interesting question. Uh, I think uh, miners can still... Um bear a little more like pain. Uh, I think there's still room for miners in the US to, to, to bear a little more pain before we start like seeing like massive liquidations across the entire like mining landscape. Uh, but like something really, really interesting uh, in the mining markets that essentially shows what we were talking here um, uh, just right before is that usually in the mining markets, ASICs uh, are like much cheaper in China. There's usually like a premium to buy the ASICs in the US. Right now that has essentially um, become the opposite. Now, ASICs are cheaper in the US uh, because there's miners that have all of these ASICs in hand uh, and they need to like get rid of them. Um, or, or maybe it's because Chinese miners, they are like more optimistic in, in, in like, like Bitcoin price run up. Uh, but that's something really, really interesting that um, we at Blacks are running our like trading desk, ASIC trading nest. Uh, we've been seeing this for a couple of weeks now. Um, but yeah, I mean, this uh, like shows how uh, there's like more liquidity pressure for these U.S. miners. Gotcha. Very interesting. Opti, you want to chime in? Well, mining is not my forte, guys, but we did get a difficulty adjustment today of 5%, and it's the third one we've had consecutively. And while to the uninitiated, that might seem bearish, it's absolutely bullish because Bitcoin is working as it's supposed to. Blocks are still coming in, so... This is just the name of the game, guys. You know, if you get over, if, you, if you're not an efficient miner, you get pushed out of the network. It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, absolutely. So, Guzman, one last question. We'll move on to the fail is, what is the bare minimum price? Of course, it's always an estimation that the Bitcoin price could go down before miners start to capitulate. That's a great question. I I usually don't like to see it in, in terms of like Bitcoin price, but in terms of like hash price. Uh, hash price meaning uh, the, the revenue that like a miner generates. Uh, I think right now uh, the floor for hash price is around like six cents per hash, which essentially means that like an S19, uh, one of these like new generation miners, will be making like around six, seven dollars a day, um, and that will happen if like Bitcoin drops to like 14 k, uh, give or take. I think like if we go there. There's going to be a bunch of miners, like uh, the entire like S17, M20S, like series miners that are going to get like fully wiped out. Right now, they are kind of like still somewhat profitable, especially with these like the, with the adjustment that is going to increase their revenue by five percent over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, if we if if we see a little more like Bitcoin price movement uh, towards uh, to continue to to like fall or like drop a little more, uh, the entire kind of like mid generation miners are going to. Uh, be flashed out from from the mining space. Thank you. Now I know when to hit you up again for distressed mining <laughs> assets. But yeah, uh, that number is definitely um, definitely something that you guys want to keep an eye on. Let's see what happens. If what Guzman was talking about earlier, you're staying humble, you're stacking sats, you're sending out to cold storage, 
none of this affects you, which is what we advocate for on the show. Anyways, Opti, it's time for The Daily Fail. Brought to you by Swan. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plan, instant purchases, and it's serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. What we advocate for on Simply Bitcoin is dollar cost averaging and our values align with Swan, right? They incentivize self-custody. They want you to take self-custody. They don't want you to leave it on the app and they incentivize DCA, right? Which is in our opinion, the best way to stack Bitcoin without, you know, speculation, whatever, spread out the risk over a number of days. Swan.com. What's up, guys? We're here on the fail. And I saw this this morning. So, of course, I'm going to cover it. It's going to be a quick one right here. So I'll get over it. But we are on the We Forum. And look what job listing they have on the We Forum. Lead blockchain and digital asset. So... With the pace of change accelerating and even the most innovative governments, they need to struggle to meet the world's technological, environmental, and social challenges on their own. In particular, this, this job listing is coming out of the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Global Network. I thought that was a pretty interesting name for your organization. Anyways, they are looking for a shitcoin, CBDC, stablecoin, and Web 3.0 developers. And so I put it on Twitter and I said, TLDR, if you can't beat them, join them. And my buddy Tucson goes, it's really, if you can't beat them, launch a shitcoin. <laughs> so as I said, that's a quick one. I You, you got to just point it out that look they understand what's going on they're going to try to co-opt the narrative and push their own shitcoin. and furthermore as you guys know the weef has ties with eth and so other people were mentioning on that tweet it's not that they're going to join us it's that they're going to push their shitcoin project of of favor which is eth anyways nico guzman any thoughts or we can move on quickly yeah, I mean, it's what it's always the signal with that is, you know, World Economic Forum or, you know, governments is that they just pretend Bitcoin doesn't exist. It's like Bitcoin doesn't exist, but we're going to create something that does something that Bitcoin does, but we're going to be able to debasement and we're going to be able to control it, but it's still the same. So, it you know, that's the signal. That's that's what you guys should really pay attention to is the fact that Bitcoin exists. Bitcoin solves these problems. Bitcoin is the most inclusive money the world has ever seen, but it doesn't matter to them because they were never about helping the unbanked or helping people that lacked access to the financial system. They are always about more power and more control. But anyways, maybe that's the 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 Bitcoin paranoia getting to me. Guzman, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I don't have too much else to add, to be honest. I think the, the, the key point that, that you highlighted is like control. Uh, they don't have control over Bitcoin and therefore they need to come up with like other ways which they don't lose control over their current status quo, right? Um, so like Bitcoin essentially goes against uh, what they are trying to do here, right? Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, uh, if the World Economic Forum is losing control, they are losing power and therefore we are like uh, debasing them, right? Absolutely. 100% spot on. Opti, what is the next fail, my friend? The next one, you already know what it's going to be, guys. It's Tesla. Tesla was in the news for dumping their Bitcoin. Paper hands Tesla in the news. Anyways, Tesla sells 936 million 
dollars in Bitcoin in the second quarter, which happens to be about 75% of their holdings, guys. And it's really interesting, the narrative that they took in response to Bitcoin. As you see, during a presentation on Wednesday, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said he would be open to increasing Bitcoin holdings in the future. But he also explained that he decided to sell 75% of his holdings because, and I quote, he was concerned with liquidity due to COVID shutdowns in China and that the move should not be seen as a verdict on Bitcoin. So... Of course, we know he bought 1.5 billion in February 8th, 2021. So we are gonna dunk on him as being a bad trader because guys, we tell you all the time, <laughs> back sats and chill. You do not need to trade your Bitcoin. Do not get shaken out of your position. But I did the numbers and you can see right here on the screen that Tesla held that 75% of Bitcoin for 527 days for roughly a negative 50% loss. So, wait, 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 Could, what, what price did they buy it at? What, I, what? I, didn't, I didn't exactly get the real price. It's more on the date. So that's why I said roughly 50% loss on those buys. I know the math might not be exactly lined up, but if you do the math from the day they announced it to the day they sold it, it's roughly a 50% okay, loss. So I'm looking at it right here. So Tesla first bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin and around you're right around January February for thirty two thousand to thirty three thousand. So it's like a thirty three percent loss, roughly. Hotel Bitcoin guys, do not trade. <laughs> Anyways, I got these other tweets on Twitter, which makes our point even more clear. So Tesla sells seventy five percent of its Bitcoin to meet tw quarter two expectations. You should take this as deeply bearish in Tesla. This is a forced sale and the epitome of fiat prioritization in the short term. And I really like how you said this: conflating how fast one can sprint with how many miles one can endure. So to break this down, I saw this other tweet by Safetyn. And he's quoting this tweet, and he goes, "The cash flow statements from Tesla show." that they had to sell that BTC to make sure that they weren't cash flow negative guys. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a positive cash flow, as Safety says, Bitcoin might not be for you. You're likely going to have to sell your Bitcoin at the worst times. Yep. And this is the point where we talked about yesterday about Tesla or Elon can cry harder about CO2 ruining the weather to get more fiat subsidies because we saw this, we know this. Remember when Elon Musk said that he would come back into the Bitcoin market once there was a confirmation of reasonable clean energy use, roughly 15% or 50%, excuse me. And as Nico showed you guys yesterday, the Bitcoin Mining Council released their survey, which showed exactly this, that the Bitcoin industry sustainable electricity mix is over 50%, guys. So. What is going on, Elon? Are you telling us one thing and doing another thing? Are you, you know, just the, the clown on Twitter that is all shot and fraud, that is all just pomp and nothing? Or are you actually a Bitcoiner? We don't know, but what can we take from this? Like we said, guys, Tesla needed to sell their Bitcoin to be cash flow positive. And we tell you guys all the time, you want to make sure you have fiat coming in because you do not want to sell your Bitcoin or else you're going to get dunked on by toxic Bitcoin maximalists on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, Nico Guzman, what are you thinking?
Dude, uh, wow. Uh, Elon absolutely wrecked. Uh, yeah, he, he, he wanted to keep, you know, he's a public company, so he wanted to keep, you know, he wanted to stay in the black. And, you know, he, he, he saw Bitcoin as, you know, as a way to do that and he sold it. Um, I think I think Saifedean had a, a great observation in terms of, yeah, you might get wrecked if you don't if you're not cash flow positive, if you're holding Bitcoin because you're going to have to sell it. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I just doesn't surprise me. I've never really got from Elon that he's understood Bitcoin. Right. I remember when he did that podcast with Jack, uh, Jack Dorsey. And I forget, um, I think it was Katie Ark. Hmm. Forget. Um, anyways, while I look up her name, uh, Guzman, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, again, I, I don't really give a fuck what Elon does. <laughs> to, to be honest, I mean, if, if, if uh, they needed money for like operational expense in Tesla, just go and sell your Bitcoin. Like miners are doing the same right now. They need the operational funds. They go and sell the yep. Bitcoin. Um, I mean, if they truly believe in Bitcoin, then they are going to buy more. Uh, if they don't, they are probably going to liquidate the rest of the position. Um, Bitcoin doesn't matter at the end of the day. What the yeah. is doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like the fact that they are like using Bitcoin. I like. I mean, I'm all in for for holding, but like, if we want to like develop like a Bitcoin economy first, uh, we we need to be comfortable with like, like saving for like long-term uh, wealth preservation, and then also be able to like spend Bitcoin on like day-to-day -day expenses uh, and also use the Lightning Network and whatnot. So um, if they're using their Bitcoin, you know, to um, maintain their, their factories going and keep employing people so they don't have like a cash flow negative month, uh, I'm in for that. But like, besides that, I have like really no strong opinion. Hey, Nico, yeah. can I jump in here real quick? Guzman uh, reminded me of something. Remember when Elon Musk went on Twitter and was telling us he's selling 10% of his Bitcoin to ensure that the market was liquid enough for them to sell their Bitcoin. Well, here we are. And it might have been the other way around that they were just making sure that they could sell these assets quickly because they are going to need the liquidity so that they don't get wrecked as a company. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, the lady that I was referring to who was on the call with Elon and Jack Dorsey was Kathy Wood. She is the CEO of ARK Invest, ARK Investment. Um, anyways, uh, they also have a big allocation Bitcoin as well. Um, so yeah, uh, Elon, totally wrecked. Um, and I agree with you, Guzman. And, and there's actually, you see two types of people on Bitcoin Twitter, which, you know, the hardcore hodlers are like, never sell your Bitcoin. And I, I, I've been on a Bitcoin standard for a while now. Um, I use Bitcoin to transact all the time. Right. So and that infers you're selling it or you're, you know, you're you're exchanging it for a greater service. So, yeah, man, I mean, uh, I don't know, I guess it, I guess, look, Bitcoin is different to different people. Anyways, Opti, do you have another fail? Yes, sir. I do have another fail over here. I saw this yesterday night and oh, we've had BlackRock in the news for a minute. You guys covered this a long time ago, but as you see, BlackRock is breaking the wrong kind of record. So the news came out yesterday that BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, has lost an unprecedented $1.7 trillion in the first six months of this year. These guys are 
one of the biggest companies, if not actually the biggest company, they have $10 trillion of assets under their control. But it's really interesting. There's a quote in here about inflation, if I can find it real quick. And Larry Fink is telling essentially his investors that they should be concerned about inflation rising. Here it is. The challenges associated with high inflation to rising interest rates are attracting more first-time bond ETF users and prompting existing investors to find new ways to use ETFs in their portfolio. So that may be some noise in your opinion, but I find it interesting that to people that are in his company, he has concerns for inflation, but then he goes on public media, public stations, and starts telling people, tell you investors that you don't need to be concerned with inflation because it's going to be all right. A real, and this is I, honestly, guys, this is me speculating, but you know, I just talked about Tesla a minute ago. This is conjecture, but how is this quote right here in this article that says a really famous person called me up panicking? What should I do? I've got to get out. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And Larry Fink goes, I, you need to go on vacation. Inflation is a concern. And if you really can't stand it, then sell it, whatever it is, who knows who it is talking about. But the reality is we've seen this. Inflation is going to be fixed over time. And he pointed to falling commodity prices of a sign of inflation. Of I'm almost positive, Nico. Did Have we not covered the numbers and commodities prices have gone up? Yeah, I mean, um, Dude, look, this guy basically owns the world. I wouldn't say own the world, but I, he would he manages the money that basically owns the world. Um, BlackRock and Vanguard uh, basically own everything. Um, if you look at every major corporation um, in the in the Fortune 500, Vanguard and BlackRock have a huge stake in that company. It doesn't matter if it's Apple. Um, you know, uh, whatever big company that you could think of, Microsoft, BlackRock, and, and Vanguard own it. So that guy is just so disconnected from reality. I just, I, I could give a flying fuck what he has to say. Um, that's Agreed. my opinion. Hold on. Before we go to Guzman, I think there's some more signal that Larry Fink is just spreading out everywhere. And he goes, even if the U.S. is in a recession, it's likely to be mild. And there's no need to panic over fixable inflation. So again, guys, like Nico just said, Larry Fink is so detached from reality that he can say on the one hand that there's no problem with inflation. On the other hand, there might be problem with inflation. And then on the one hand, oh, we might be in a recession, but it's only going to be a mild recession. And then you look at the numbers and he, his company is losing record numbers of money. So which one is it, Larry Fink? Are we going to be okay? because we need to know what the big elites are doing with their money because we know how the Cantillon insiders work. You guys are funding everything. So if you guys are getting wrecked, that's a sign of concern for me because you know that the people in charge are not gonna let the musical chair music stop without them getting the bag, guys. So, hey, I am not the, the biggest macro corporate guy, but I just see the signs. And if BlackRock is losing money and he's telling us we might be in a mild recession and inflation is fixable, there's a problem on Main Street. Ooh. Nico, Guzman, what's up? Oh, man. The Opti's getting into the more complex issues. Love it. Opti, this is, uh, I think this is Opti's 
eighth full episode doing the fail, man. I, dude, you're doing fucking great. I love it. Um, yeah, dude, Larry Fink. Look, that. Listen, man. I, I, I'm just happy I have Bitcoin. I'm happy I have my money in Bitcoin. Because if if I didn't, I would have to deal like crazy these crazy psychopaths like like Larry Fink. And he's also he's he's a big proponent of the whole ESG movement. And he uses his voting power that he has because he's managing everybody's assets, right? To force people, I mean, force companies, better said, and governments to pursue so-called green energy policies that have been catastrophic for the average Joe because they get stuck paying higher energy bills and not to mention the unstable energy grids as well. Look at in Germany. In Germany, there are some places where the landlords are literally telling people to cut some firewood to warm themselves because their energy grid is so unreliable because they made big bets on unreliable green energy. Mind you, I'm a big fan of green energy. The problem is that solar and wind don't produce all the time. The only reliable source of green energy is hydro. I love hydro. I think it's a great form of energy. It's reliable as hell but solar and wind are not. But they never tell you that when they pitch solar and wind, right? And one of the biggest pushers of that policy that hurts the average Joe is Larry Fink. And of course, he's a member of the World Economic Forum. Anyways, Guzman, what are your thoughts, buddy? I mean, I agree with you on, on, on like that's ESG um, slash like energy part of it. Uh, I will also like nuclear. I'm a huge fan of like nuclear energy as well. Uh, it's by far the cleanest energy and safest energy that is available in the world. Uh, besides like controversial thinking, it's um, the most cost effective, the cheapest uh, and the greenest as well. Um, but like in regards to like macroeconomics, I mean, it, we're in like a like, very, very interesting uh, environment right now where like all of the, like the largest corporations are like uh, sitting on uh, like, all-time high record amount of cash in the balance sheet, right? Uh, so that's pretty much due to the money printer like going borrow over the last like uh, few years, right? Um, so I think like corporations are in a position where they can like take a hit uh, at least uh, or a few months because they're like sitting on so much cash and they have like no idea what to do with it. Uh, I mean, you, you also see this where like uh, employment is also like a uh, like really low levels. Like there's a lot of employment going on in pretty much all, all over the world. Although we are in, like, in this like very high inflationary environment, which seems to be contradictory, right? So uh, there's kind of like miss, like, uh, yeah, like mixing uh, across the place. Um, but something that we talked about the last episode that I was here in the show was like, uh, that I always found like, extremely curious that uh, I'm from Uruguay, right? So like a small country as America, uh, inflation, uh, is something that the U.S. is kind of like discovering right now because there's haven't been inflation in the last like, 40 years. And I was born with inflation. I know what it's like people's salaries to get adjusted by law every six months, right? Um, but what's extremely curious is that all my life, I've been, uh, before I essentially was converted to uh, to Bitcoin standard, I was like saving in dollars because for us, the dollar, uh, like the U.S. dollar was kind of the, like saving asset in which you, you should be saving, right? To not like lose money or purchase power. But now that has been um, uh, uh, essentially inverted. The Uruguayan peso, a country with like three and a half million people, um, has like lower inflation than the U.S. And our Ooh. currency, it's uh, getting, uh, it's appreciating towards the dollar, 
which wow. is mind-blowing. I mm -hmm. should be saving in Uruguayan pesos instead mm -hmm. of like <laughs> United States dollars. It's mind-blowing. Um, it's kind of like changing everything back home. It's, it's incredible. Um, like, I mean, we, we are not like a really low inflation, but for us like 7% per year is kind of like relatively low. The central banks um, back home tend to do like anywhere between three to seven as their target. Right now, the US is 9.1, right? Uh, so I'm already saving a 2% spread um, just by saving in Uruguayan pesos, which is crazy. Something wow. my parents never saw in their life. I haven't seen uh, in 25 years. So uh, it's actually quite crazy. That that That's absolutely insane. I really appreciate you telling that story because it really gives a perspective of how crazy these times are, right? Um, look, the reality is that the United States printed 30% of the... 30% of the dollars that were ever existed in the last two years. That is an insane amount of money. And the consequences of that, the psychological consequences, the social consequences, the economic consequences are things that we're feeling now, right? I think it just really turns the world upside down when you print money out of nowhere, which other people have to work for, right? So anyways, Really interesting times, but this doesn't matter if you're saving in Bitcoin. Anyways, Opti, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zenith stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. This is the artwork for volume 10. This is the artwork for volume 11. And this is the artwork for volume two. Volume two is almost sold out because there's only a thousand physical copies. Guys, get your physical prints of Citadel 21 today before they run out. All right, everybody. First meme, bye. Rave elevator. Definitely a looks like a fellow pleb. And it's, you know, the, the famous pump it guy, bump it, and it's fucking Elon Musk. Absolutely hilarious. Elon bogged enough. <laughs> um, all right. You really do have to start asking what in the world is going on, right? This is the G7, you know, picture. And yeah, this is, uh, I think this is a Japanese prime minister. He stepped down. Boris Johnson stepped down. The Italian prime minister stepped down recently. Um, this is Macron. Macron's still in office, so I don't get that. And then, you know, this is the German prime minister, and she resigned um and now italy right so some some things are some interesting things are definitely going on but you guys got macron wrong so i don't know what's going on there um all right here we go orange pill pharmacist i made a detailed list of every altcoin that is not a scam here you go <laughs> oh that's a good one all right next one whoa there's a lot of things going on every influencer bitcoin the investment fund bitcoin the investment fund Yes, Bitcoin, the investment fund, then Bitcoin, the bond fund, also Bitcoin, the shitcoin fund and Bitcoin, the Ponzi fund, also available Bitcoin, the give to your money to an influencer fund. That's good. That's good. All right. Good. Good. Next one by Rothmus. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. The fuck you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. Huddle never saddle. The two most stolen items in the world. The two most stolen items in the world, your freedom, your income. So true. So true. All right. Next one by Asesio Urban, QE and rate hikes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Absolutely awesome memes. For those awesome memes, I'm going to give it something orange. My girlfriend's second phone, her orange iPhone, her orange iPhone, which she wrapped around and it's orange. Looks cool. Anyways, Opti, what would you give those memes? Wow. Second phone, soft flex. Anyways, I got an uh, extra pair of Sony MDR headphones 
MDR seven five zero four guys, these are the best headphones. Another soft flex, Usman. What are your thoughts? I don't know how much my my desk here, but I just have like you a luxury. You gave that already. Phone. You got gave that already. Has not to be another one. screw. Oh, not that uh, one. Okay. No, I did the passport, the foundation device passport. Ah. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I can't remember the first one. The passport was the second one. Okay. Th this okay. is brand new. This is brand new. Okay, uh, brand new. Got it in uh, in Miami last conference. Okay. Okay. All right. I was giving you a hard time. That was a new oh, score. Okay. You know what is? Is I got I got I got confused because Svetsky when he came on he gave a mug too that said um, shit corner tears. So, anyways. <laughs> Guys, we want to know if you agree with our scores or you want to rate the meme yourself. Let us know down in the comment section. Make sure to subscribe to us on our alternative video platforms like Rumble.com, our personal favorite, BitcoinTV.com, and join our awesome Telegram group. It's a party in there. You could link us Bitcoin memes to review. Literally takes two seconds. It's free. It's down in the link description. Check our Telegram. And, of course, if you're listening to the audio version of the show, make sure to tune in until after the show where Opti and our friends at Swan Bitcoin are doing a live Q&A and hangout on Twitter. Anyways, Opti, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software release. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Don't store your seed in paper. Paper could get damaged in a flood, in a fire. Be bad. Have all your Bitcoin on there. You had your seed. You're like, crap. So the best solution is to store your seed in metal. The best metal backup is Cypher Safe. Get yourself a Cypher wheel or a Cypher grid. Put your seed in metal. It's fireproof, waterproof, pet proof. It's awesome. Visit cyphersafe.io. What's up, guys? The software update is the Tor browser version 11.5. Make sure you go download that. Of course, listen to us on all of the audio platforms. What's it? Google, uh, Bitcoin TV, Rumble. No, no, no. that's audio. I'll say it. Don't <laughs> worry. Guys, we're taking it over. It's going to be a little... We're, we're Bear with us, but it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to our audio podcast. It's awesome. You don't have to watch the video if you're on the go. Also, check out our awesome clothing sponsor, representltd.com. Optimus and I wear the hoodies every single day. He's coming out with Bitcoin merch, coming out with Simply Bitcoin merch as well. It's stylish, it's comfy, and you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off Represent LTD. Also, go check out Simply Bitcoin's blog www.simplybitcoin.news. The legendary pirate beach bum is in charge of it. You definitely want to go check it out. Also, I want to give a very special guest to a friend of mine and a friend of the show, the awesome El Presidente of the Hash Rate, the legendary Guzman Brintos of Luxor Mining. Anyways, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed our show, you know what to do. Smack that like button. Of course, you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the plea pleb perspective and the catastrophic fails of the governments and central banks and, and the shit coins, of course, forgot that one, and the memes and the culture. Definitely consider subscribing to Simply Bitcoin. Bitcoin miners getting pushed off the network is a feature, not a bug. Yeah.